O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, May 7th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that on the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bahar, and it means on the mount. Leviticus 26, 31-46 I will lay your cities in ruin and make your sanctuaries desolate. I will not savor your pleasing odors. I will make the land desolate, so that your enemies who settle in it shall be appalled by it. And you I will scatter among the nations and I will unsheath the sword against you. Your land shall become a desolation, and your cities a ruin. Then shall the land make up for its Shabbat years throughout the time that it is desolate, and you are in the land of your enemies. Then shall the land rest and make up for its Shabbat years. Throughout the time that it is desolate, it shall observe the rest that it did not observe in your Shabbat years while you were dwelling upon it. As for those of you who survive, I will cast a faintness into their hearts in the land of their enemies. The sound of a driven leaf shall put them to flight. Fleeing as though from the sword, they shall fall, though none pursues. With no one pursuing, they shall stumble over one another as before the sword. You shall not be able to stand your ground before your enemies, but shall perish among the nations, and the land of your enemies shall consume you. Those of you who survive will be heart-sick over their iniquity in the land of your enemies. More, 
They shall be heartsick over the iniquities of their fathers, and they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, in that they trespassed against me, yes, were hostile to me. When I in turn have been hostile to them, and have removed them into the land of their enemies, then at last shall their obdurate heart humble itself, and they shall atone for their iniquity. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, I will remember also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember the land. For the land shall be forsaken of them, making up for its Shabbat years by being desolate of them, while they atone for their iniquity, for my for the abundant reason that they rejected my rules and spurned my laws. Yet even then, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them or spurn them, so as to destroy them, annulling my covenant with them. For I, Hashem, am their God. I will remember in their favor the covenant with the ancients whom I freed from the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations to be their God, I, Hashem. These are the laws, rules, and instructions that Hashem established through Moses on Mount Sinai between himself and B'nai Israel. 1 Samuel 1, 1-2, There was a man from Ramathiam of the Zuphites in the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah was childless. This man used to go up from his town every year to worship and to offer sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Hophni and Peneus, the two sons of Eli, were Kohanim of Hashem there. One such day Elkanah offered a sacrifice. He used to give portions to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he would give one portion only, though Hannah was his favorite, for Hashem had closed her womb. Moreover, her rival, to make her miserable, would taunt her that Hashem had closed her womb. This happened year after year. Every time she went up to the house of Hashem, the other would taunt her so that she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why are you crying and why aren't you eating? Why are you so sad? Am I not more devoted to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah arose. Then Kohan Eli was sitting on the seat near the doorpost of the temple of Hashem. In her wretchedness, she prayed to Hashem, weeping all the while. And she made this vow, Lord of hosts, Yahweh Sabaoth, if you look upon the suffering of your maidservant, and will remember me and not forget your maidservant, and if you will grant your maidservant a male child, I will dedicate him to Hashem for all the days of his life, and no razor shall ever touch his head. As she kept on praying before Hashem, Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah was praying in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice could not be heard, so Eli thought she was drunk. Eli said to her, How long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Sober up. And Hannah replied, Oh no, my lord, I am a very unhappy woman. I have drunk no wine or other strong drink, but I have been pouring out my heart to Hashem. Do not take your maidservant for a worthless woman. 
I have only been speaking all this time out of my great anguish and distress. Then go in peace, said Eli, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She answered, You are most kind to your handmaid. So the woman left, and she ate, and was no longer downcast. Early next morning they bowed low before Hashem, and they went back to Ramah. Elkanah knew his wife Hannah, and Hashem remembered her. Hannah conceived, and at the turn of the year bore a son. She named him Samuel, meaning, I asked Hashem for him. And when the man Elkanah and all his household were going up to offer to Hashem the annual sacrifice and his votive sacrifice, Hannah did not go up. She said to her husband, When the child is weaned, I will bring him, for when he has appeared before Hashem, he must remain there for good. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Do as you think best. Stay home until you have weaned him. May Hashem fulfill his word. So the woman stayed home and nursed her son until she weaned him. When she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with three bulls, one ephah, a flower, and a jar of wine. And though the boy was still very young, she brought him to the house of Hashem at Shiloh. After slaughtering the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. She said, Please, my lord, as you live, my lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you and prayed to Hashem. It was this boy I prayed for, and Hashem has granted me what I asked of him. I, in turn, hereby lend him to Hashem, for as long as he lives he is lent to Hashem. And they bowed low before Hashem. And Hannah prayed, My heart exults in Hashem, in the Lord. I have triumphed through Hashem. I gloat over my enemies. I rejoice in your deliverance. There is no holy one like Hashem. Truly, there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more with lofty pride. Let no arrogance cross your lips, for Yahweh is an all-knowing Lord. By Him actions are measured. The The bows of the mighty are broken, and the faltering are girded with strength. Men once sated must hire out for bread. Men once hungry hunger no more. With the barren woman bears seven. The mother of many is forlorn. Hashem deals death and gives life, cast down into Sheol and raises up. Hashem makes poor and makes rich. He casts down and He also lifts high. He raises the poor from the dust, lifts up the needy from the dunghill, setting them with nobles, granting them with seats of honor. For the pillars of the earth are Hashem's. He has set the world upon them. He guards the steps of His faithful, but the wicked perish in darkness. For not not by strength shall man prevail. The foes of Hashem shall be shattered. He will thunder against them in the heavens. Hashem will judge the ends of the earth. He will give power to His King and triumph to His Anointed One. Then Elkanah and Hannah went home to Ramah, and the boy entered the service of Hashem under the Kohen Eli. Now Eli's sons were scoundrels. They paid no heed to Hashem. This is how the Kohenim used to deal with the people. When anyone brought a sacrifice, the Kohen's boy would come along with a three-pronged fork while the meat was boiling, and he would thrust it into the cauldron, or the kettle, or the great pot, or the small cooking pot. And whatever the fork brought up, the Kohen would take away on it. 
This was the practice at Shiloh with all the Israelites who came there. But now, even before the sway was turned into smoke, the Kohen's boy would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Hand over some meat to roast for the Kohen. He won't accept boiled meat from you, only raw. And if the man said to him, Let them first turn the sway into smoke, then take as much as you want, he would reply, No, hand it over at once, or I'll take it by force. The sin of the young men against Hashem was very great, for the men treated Hashem's offerings impiously. Samuel was engaged in the service of Hashem as an attendant, girded with a linen ephod. His mother would also make a little robe for him and bring it up for him every year when she made the pilgrimage with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May Hashem grant you offspring by this woman in place of the loan she made to Hashem. Then they would return home. For Hashem took note of Hannah. She conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Young Samuel, meanwhile, grew up in the service of Hashem. John 5, 1-23 After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Yeshua went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the movement of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole, or whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had been infirm for thirty-eight years. When Yeshua saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that place, he said to him, Will you be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Yeshua said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him then, What man is that which said to you, Take up your bed and walk? And he that was healed, who was not, did not know who it was, for Yeshua had conveyed to him away and a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Yeshua found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you are made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Yeshua which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Yeshua and sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Yeshua answered them, My father works hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Yeshua and said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. 
for what thing whatsoever things he sees the Father do, he does. These also does the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which has sent him. Psalm 105, 37-45 He, the Lord, brought them, Israel, forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give light in the night. The people asked, and he brought quails, and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness, and gave them the lands of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people, that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs fourteen twenty-eight and 29 In the multitude of people is the king's honor, but in the want of people is the destruction of the prince. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalts folly. I'd like to speak to you today from 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2. And in this book, the story opens with a woman by the name of Hannah. And she is married to her husband, Elkanah. But he also has another wife, Penina. And Penina likes to needle her and jab her and poke her. Hanina has children, but Hannah has no children. And back in ancient Middle Eastern times, to, to be barren was a, a great, uh, something of great shame. And so it meant a lot to her to be able to have children. So she goes to the temple one day, and she is just pouring out her heart and soul unto the Lord in prayer, begging him for a child, a son. And the high priest thinks that she's drunk. So in verse 10, it is written, In her wretchedness she prayed to the Lord, weeping all the while. The Israel Bible commentary to that verse reads as follows. Hannah is heartbroken because she has no children, and she goes to pray at the Mishkan, or the temple, in Shiloh. The Mishkan stands in Shiloh for 369 years before the building of the Beit HaMikdash in Jerusalem. During that time, it serves as the central focal point of the national service of Hashem. Unfortunately, many of the Israelites ignore the Mishkan, or the tabernacle, and refrain from visiting it for the pilgrimage festivals. Therefore, according to the sages, when Elkanah and Hannah who were prophets, make their pilgrimages. They travel along different routes each time in order to encourage others to join them 
and to serve Hashem properly. Established in 1978, a contemporary Shiloh is a thriving Jewish community built adjacent to the ancient site where the Mishkan, or the tabernacle, stood, and where Hannah prayed for a child. In addition to the fascinating archaeological site excavated by the Israel Antiquities Authority, modern Shiloh contains several synagogues, one of which is built as a replica of the Mishkan. God continues to hear the prayers of his children in Shiloh, the very same location where Hannah taught her people how to pray. So now, the priest, Eli, says, May the Lord grant you your petition. And then she makes a decision that if she is given a child, that she would dedicate this child unto the Lord and lend him back to the Lord. He would be a servant at the Mishkan, at the tabernacle in Shiloh. So then her great prayer request has been granted. And in chapter 2, verse 1, it is written, Hannah prayed, My heart exults in the Lord. I have triumphed through Yahweh. I gloat over my enemies. I rejoice in your deliverance. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Hannah's prayer of thanksgiving recorded in this chapter is considered a model prayer. In her time, there was still no established liturgy, and there was not yet any concept of organized prayer among the Israelites. Hannah's prayer was a spontaneous expression of her deep spirit after finally being blessed with the child for whom she had desperately longed. Over 3,000 years later, another Jewish heroine with the same first name would be born, Hannah Senesh. Born in Hungary in 1921, she fulfilled her Zionist dream and immigrated to the land of Israel. During World War II, she daringly volunteered to parachute into Nazi-occupied Europe to assist the British Army and the Hungarian Jewish community. Tragically, she was caught, tortured, and executed. Throughout her life, Senesh composed beautiful poetry. The most prominent one for which she is remembered is Eli, my God, which she wrote on the shores of Caesarea. Like her biblical namesake, Hannah, the deepest expression of Senesh's soul is her prayer, My God, my God, may these things never end. The sand and the sea, the rustle of the waters, the lightning of the heavens, the prayer of man. Let's continue on and look at her, her prayer. And in chapter 2, verse 10, it is written, The foes of Hashem shall be shattered. He will thunder against them in the heavens. Hashem will judge the ends of the earth. He will give power to his king and triumph to his anointed one. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Hannah is a prophetess, and so she prays not only for herself, but for the entire nation of Israel. While thanking Hashem for her own child, she also prays for two separate leaders who will shape the nation, his king and his anointed one. The famed commentator, Radek, notes that Hannah knew that her son would be responsible for establishing the monarchy over the people of Israel. Thus, his king refers to Shaul, who would be the only king from 
his tribe of Benjamin, and his anointed one refers to David, from the tribe of Yehuda, who would establish the eternal monarchy that would span the generations. Hannah is thus a role model, teaching us to look beyond our individual needs when we pray, and also to long for the reestablishment of the kingdom of David at the hands of his descendant, the Messiah. That's all I have for today. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.